This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy, on now at APCO. <laughs> Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday, the 11th of April, and it's just after 6 o'clock. Just having a wee look at the IPL, and Baz's team went down to the Delhi Capitals. Calcutta Knight Riders losing to them by about 44 runs. Our man over there, Baz McCullum, is coaching the KKR. And, uh, yep, they've just gone down, so they've, uh, I think they're about... Three, three wins and two losses now for our man over there, Baz McCullum. But we've got Tony Kemp and Louis Herman Watt holding down the fort while Skip is over there trying to embark on a win in the IPL. Anyway, we've got a text message coming through nice and early from Dave from Caraca, and we'll rip into that in a wee minute. I'm just going to give you a wee wrap of the show. Uh is going to break down the Warriors and the league. Well, throughout the weekend, so looking forward to diving into that. And the text message just alludes to that very shortly from Dave. Now I'm going to talk about the Super Rugby because it was all happening. Hurricanes pushing the Crusaders right to the very end. And that decision at the end with Adi Savia going for the corner when they could have kicked the goal and gone to golden point. But anyway, you never, ever, um, you know, you support there. You back them right to the end. They had an opportunity to win that game, just not quite getting there in the end. I'm going to wrap that one. And then, obviously, the Blues. Blues smashing the Chiefs 25-0. Didn't pick that. I picked the Chiefs to beat them uh, in Hamilton. I thought they'd be too good, but no, they proved me wrong. Bowden Barrett, welcome back. Baz put on an absolute masterclass performance at 10 and got the job done. And then we're... Yep, so I'm going to break that down. And then Friday night's game, wow. Rolling Maul off. Can't wait to chat about that one too. And we're going to get Kieran Reid. Kieran Reid's going to come on after 8 o'clock to talk about that. We're going to talk to him about the Super Rugby's action. I want to ask him a few questions. I know Marshy's been talking about the Rolling Maul and is there a place for it in the game and questions like that. So I want to talk to someone that actually spent a lot of time in the line-out and preparing for that and knows a little bit more uh, about the finer details that go on within the, the rolling more. So we're going to have Kieran Reid just after 8. And then 8.40-ish, 
Randwick, Saturday afternoon. What a sight. All week we spoke about the big ones. Very elegant. Animo. Zaki, Zaki, how good. In the Queen Elizabeth States, we never, ever spoke about... Um, uh, yeah, think it over. Think it over, written by Nash Ruler and taking out the prestigious race. So think it over. Domino ran on the inside, took a hell of a ride from Nash and uh, got the job done, done over just over Zaki and Jamie Carr. So Nash is going to come on the show. He is uh, just coming off a wee suspension, two weeks and $40 fine for that race, but that doesn't matter. He made about half a million, so he'll be all right. So he's going to come on and, and chat about that. So big show for you this morning. Keep your texts coming through, double eight, double three, or... Give us a call. While we're talking about the league or the rugby, the talk back lines will be open for you on 0800-150-811. So enough from me. I'm going to go chat to the boys over in Auckland and lads. Morena, how was your weekend, boys? Morena, Izzy. Yeah, very, very good weekend, mate. Um, and, of course, still got the Masters to play out. Looking at that, um, Scheffler and... Cam Smith, we talk, talked about that with the TAB and the overs that they were paying Louis at $6, and that's looking okay for the final round today. Um, good to, I, I, I watched a lot of the Masters because Tiger was playing. Um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Tigers fan. Um, but also the Warriors, mate. Warriors getting up. I think the, the, the last time they won a golden point was in 1968, um, the year I was born. <laughs> Every time they go to one, mate, you just think, oh, please get us home this time. But thankfully, uh, it went to the right bloke and Sean Johnson, and he got us home over the Tiger. So looking forward to talking about that too. But no, nah, good weekend, mate. I um, I enjoyed it. Uh, lots of sport on. Blues are on top. Warriors are going okay. You know, we'll talk a little bit about that. And, um, of course, the big race, like, I think I think one of the rides of the season, Nash Rewilla, um going to the outside, I think it's over. And the others just slogging it out at the back, not looking like it's getting anywhere near that thing in the front. So Zaki just about pulled off the biggest um, win from, from start to finish. Um, yeah, and of course our, our horse, the Rama, Cinerama, could have taken a, a leaf out of uh, Nash Rewilla's book and gone to the outside as opposed to sticking to that sticky ground on the inside and we would have got another win. So, mate, about, apart from um, the Rama running second, um, a very good weekend for me, is he? A very good weekend. Mm. Nice, nice. And you, Louie, how are you, buddy? Yeah, fighting fit, Izzy. Monday morning, yeah. Liverpool City. We've, I've been up, I've watched that. Tool, uh, we're going to talk about that after 7 o'clock. The Premier League, boys, I know it's not something we talk about day in, day out, but it's a global behemoth, isn't it? And it, the title race is coming down to the absolute wire. So the heavyweights this morning headed out. And uh, finished up 2 all. It was a great game. And yesterday, how about the Formula One in our time zone? How good mm. was the Melbourne GP to have Formula One on in our time zone? I know Aroha, our wonderful newsreader, would have been just absolutely loving every second of it. I was frothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was mental. Yeah. I screamed the neighbourhood into silence. Everyone made noise complaints. There was a lot of strange activity on the Thames coast. Brilliant. What was the? Uh, what was the? I guess it's, it's, not, it's not just one highlight when a, over a weekend of Formula One racing. But for you, was it the fact that Max Verstappen didn't finish? Or? Still, but I do quite like Max. I think he's lovely. He's hilarious. It's just it's it's a tough sport. They get all wound up and then they behave badly oh, it and push. Be, it. it must be tough sitting in that car going 100 miles an hour. 
hundred. Well, hundred. Three hundred kilometres an hour. Be, mate. Have you watched well, that? It's not know, still nineteen sixty-six. We're not on our mobility scooters yeah. here, I'll tell you what. You jump in a sixty-eight XY Falcon and go hundred miles an hour. I tell you what, it feels like 300 <laughs> miles an hour in one of those things. <laughs> I, I don't know what you oh, get up to in man. your spare time, but I drive faster than that in a car like that, no, wouldn't I'll you? Never, I'd never drive that fast. But the, the best thing for me about the weekend was seeing um, Ferrari out in front by a lot, and I know that Max yeah. d- didn't, didn't get there in the end because his car had more reliability issues. But it was nice to see... Checo back on the podium. You know, George Russell getting his first podium with Mercedes mm. and also seeing Seb the fireman, Seb the scooter man and Seb the I'll push my own car back to the pits man back at a Grand Prix. Yeah. Did you ever, were you going to go over Aroha? Yes. And uh, just head over to Melbourne? Well, I had to yeah. cancel the 2020. I cancelled before there were things like you can't get your money back um, clauses, <laughs> no. which was so I was lucky. Aww. And then last year, I went to book and thought, nah, this COVID thing's not over yet. It just started to implode again. And then this year, by the time I went to go and book tickets, there were only, I told I told Louis this story and I was almost in tears at the end of it. There were only business class tickets there and you, I couldn't get back to work on time. And Louis said to me, yeah. well, why don't you just do it from there? And I looked at him, I thought I just about stabbed him. I hadn't even <laughs> thought about it. I was just like, oh, of course. That would have been quite fun. But they also had some what really cool trip. sport conferences over there. And Bailey Mackey, who does a lot of work around um, sport and broadcasting, yep. took part in the women's panels and um, got to go into the Mercedes garage and hang out with all those guys. You know, we've got a Kiwi in the Mercedes garage. We've got Angela in there. So yeah. it, it was good. It was nice to be able to watch it at a decent hour. And listen to all of the. I listened to the Sky Sport UK version of the broadcast, which is on Spark Sport here, as well as F1 TV. But they all sounded like they'd been out to four o'clock in the morning. They all sounded like they had COVID <laughs> croak, like they'd been partying a bit too much in the McLaren, McLaren garage with Danny Rick. Perfect. And so they should. It's great to see. Actually, do you know what this weekend was for me? And I remember there was last a weekend last weekend where I said it was the greatest weekend of sport in the history. Um, is I can't remember what was actually going on that weekend now. So it must have been it must have been very good. But this weekend for me felt like the redemption. Uh, oh, sorry, like the resumption of uh, sports with crowds because every game you watch, I watched a lot of AFL. I watched a lot of the NRL. The Masters with the galleries back, the patrons back at the Masters, uh, Formula One back in Melbourne, around Melbourne Park. You know, it's a place that we all know quite well. So seeing punters out on the streets there again. And then even Super Rugby mustering crowds. Despite some of the dodgy-ass gameplay, uh, the, the crowds, people are turning out to head down to Super Rugby, which they don't typically always do, Kempi. So it did feel like people are back. Yeah, look, I, I like um, watching games, especially on TV, and the crowds, the the, the station, the state stadiums are packed full of people. Um, mm. And the Masters, man, that's been awesome. Like Tiger, even though he's you know had a pretty poor day yesterday, um, still packing the galleries. Like that that eighteenth hole where he double bogey to, to finish the day. Um, but just the amount of people. I'm just looking there, going, I wonder how what he really feels like. Like you know he. He's obviously he's felt sore, so man. good. You know what he win? He's won five Masters well, jackets. You can see him there, mate. Look, how does he, how does he look? Mm. I, I don't like that new. I don't like that new look he's got. It looks like he's just come out of the water. On, you know, riding a nine foot one. You know, Del Del Free and he's a surfboard with well, that you don't rash like top the polos? on. No, I mean it looks like a rash top. It doesn't look like a polo. Ah, oh, I love those polos. That's that's 
You would do though. Is we got a new yeah. name? We got a new name for you after your Instagram picture. I don't know if anyone's seen it, mate. When standing in the water there in your oh, in your on. white shoes and your is white it, socks. Well, let's just. We should probably give Izzy the. Let's give him the like the passage to explain himself before he just. Yeah, well, you go, take you take it, mate. Then I'll give I'll give you your new nickname. I had so many people coming oh, through to me. Is he is is Izzy? <laughs> can you ask Izzy Dag if he's wearing shoes and socks in the Waimakariri River? <laughs> so I'll do my best to find I out. Am. I am. I'm actually just surprised Kempi knows what Instagram is and he's got it. That's what I'm surprised he's seen the video. So I was a little bit surprised when he uh, Telegram. It's Telegram, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Telegram. Look, uh, yesterday at about lunchtime, uh, we, I was just we're cruising at home and Daisy comes in. Look, you want to go for a fish and take Arlo and Daisy's dad and one of my best mates, Henry, for a little ride. I was like, yeah, sweet as. And I was like, look, I'm not going to get in the water. I'm not going to get in the water. Like, I'm not going to get stuck. I'm going to sit on the boat and Daisy's dad can drive me in the water and he can unlatch it and he can get his shoes wet. If he, hopefully he's not listening, Dave. He can get his <laughs> shoes wet, so he gets, his shoe, <laughs> he gets his shoes wet straight away and then he's like, oh, it's cold. And I'm like sitting there having a wee giggle. <laughs> and I'm like laughing. And then we drive off and uh, we get down the river and I find the spot. You know, the spot, only way you can get out onto land, got to get wet. And I was like, oh, no, should I take my shoes off? Nah. Don't worry about it. Get them wet. So I wasn't intent. I wasn't. I didn't think I was going to get in the water, but then I had to get in the water. So I got in the water and got wet. And my mate put on Instagram, and everyone was ripping me out. <laughs> Are you wearing socks and shoes in the river? And I'm like, Yes, I am. Laughing emoji. And uh, apparently, it's just a big no-no, Louis. Was, oh. anyone, was no? Was everyone not? Well, you, well, you're walking. You're jumping the white to the river, mate. You're taking gumboots out of the freezing works to get in there. Oh, it's just you know a, what I mean? It's very urban meets rural. Like I've got my Yeezys on. <laughs> <laughs> the but we just we were thinking. We we're thinking as he, he. You might know her. I know Araha will know her. Is Imelda, and her name is Imelda. But we saw. We thought we come up one with you. Is Israel Israelda. Is that How's what that? you said? Esmeralda. Like, what about him? When you said Esmeralda. Yeah, Esmeralda. No, Esmeralda Marcos. That's your new nickname, mate. 3,000 pairs of shoes she had, and I'm pretty sure you're not far behind her. She didn't wear any of them in the Waimakariri River, though. <laughs> that's where, that's where <laughs> no, this is different. She he doesn't a, care. She was also a, um, uh, ran a, <laughs> a bunch of tyranny during the Philippines' dark days and kind of took billions of people off civilians. So... Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot there's, oh, there's Izzy, a lot. Just sort of what Izzy does. <laughs> Izzy is providing uh, great humour for everyone by wearing Yeezys in the river. Um, that was a good pick. They weren't Yeezys. They were Adidas. They were called Adidas bounce shoes. Oh, just okay. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, who, are you, who that what warm once? Who are you throwing those to? The, no, no, the, the salmon. Warm twice. Now. Well, did you get a fish? So I, I wore them. Nah, 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 nah. I wasn't really fishing. I wasn't. Look, to be honest, they wanted to go fishing. I was, I was running on about forty percent. I was running on fumes. Let's be honest. I turned a kid party into a slash adult, adults little, little send on Saturday night. So I was a bit slow on Sunday, a little bit slow. And the wife forced me to get out of the house and go fishing. And I was like, oh, that's the last thing. So that's probably why, mate. I couldn't think. That's why I was wearing shoes and socks in the river. <laughs> so you, <laughs> I love this. So you, it's uh, we saw Arlo in his wonderful Ohoka school uniform the other morning. He looked very smart. Mm. He, lo- he looked like he's going to go and dominate the uh, North Cantabrian school grounds. Um, so he's obviously turned five, and you've had a bouncy castle, you've dressed up in a Batman suit, and then you've just turned it into a full-on adult. You, how many grins did you drink? I mean, obviously responsibly. <laughs> uh, but. 
Look, responsibly, I had a couple of quiets, but no, that was a good day, Louis. It was a good day. We had the bouncy castle. We had a lot of his friends come over, and uh, we actually hired um, Batman and Batwoman. And they come around, they entertain the kids for an hour and a bit, and they play tug of war. And oh, it was good fun. It was good fun, and we had a beautiful day of weather. And Arlo and the kids ate lots of food. The best thing about this, the best thing about this day is Owen Franks. His kids were there, and Owen Franks, he's you know, he's a special man. He, his kids are like, they do judo, they do all this jujitsu and everything like that. You know how kids, they all want to steal things, everything off each other. You know, I look over, and Tom, the eldest son, has got one of these other kids in the meanest armbar. He's got him, like, <laughs> wrapping his arms around his chest. And I'm, like, pretty much about to make this kid, like, snap his arm or tap him out. And I'm like, oi, Tom. And he looks at me, laughs, and runs off. It takes a little giggle. Anyway, Owe is real hundred on nutrition. On nutrition, so I was like getting all these lollies, all these lollies, and I was putting them all through his kids' pockets. So hopefully, Ollie, if you're listening, did you see all those lollies that the kids took home to you? <laughs> he would have been spewing if you saw those lollies in their pockets. So, um, yeah, it was a good weekend, good, funny old weekend, Louis. Um, uh, one of the great trick, trick or treat, dagger, eh? That's that is you're just sabotaging Owie from uh, his kids. I mean, I kind of like that using his kids against him. It's a bit messed up, but it's uh, it's pretty good. It looked like you're having fun, and Kimpy, um, you're right. Cinerama was just needed to get to the outside. I'd, it was a pretty good win in the end by that. Or was it Charm Star? I think bet it. Who cares? Who cares? Is it true that you're going to Almanzor with Cinerama? Well, yeah, you were in the room when I was talking to Izzy about that, but I had a had a chat there. Look, I, I thought, mate, I was, you know, you asked me how, when do you get excited? Well, I, I got excited with about 100 to go because she put her nose in front and I thought she's going to get up. And then that thing on the outside kicked again and, and I said, oh, she just went to sleep. I phoned Al, I, he phoned me. Um, I said, oh, did she just go to sleep? And he went, no, nah, no, nah, I mean, it was a ground, you know, Lisa, Lisa, um, she stepped up and said, oh, I should have taken her, her to the outside. So um, that's what I was saying. Bit of Nash Rawalla probably right now, I think, at 80 grand as opposed to 4 million might have helped. Um, but yeah, then but then we started talking about where she's gone and, and he's dead serious about taking her to El Manzal, So Well, we're going, you know why that works well? Because we're going. We're going to Cambridge on Thursday. Yeah, and we can swing by the, the we can swing by Brendan and Joe's place down there, but Cambridge stud, the beautiful grounds. So we can just go pop our head go have, in. Go have a quick, quick word to El Menzel. Well, he's up north, north doing all do this. Some, do, do some whispering. Doing <laughs> careful because he because give, give me a black caviar. <laughs> I wouldn't whisper like that to him because you you're pretty well groomed and. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cut it out, they, Louis. they don't need second. They don't need two invitations. All right, the Masters. Izzy, you're a massive golf fan. You're going to tell us who wins the Masters after this. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. How fun was it at the DC Kickathon the other morning? Well done to Dan for making it through that. It was great to see everyone in one place. And big shout out to Chemist Warehouse for making that happen. Talking Masters as the final groups are all starting to tee off now, just after six a.m. here. At SCNZ, back in a minute. Double eight, double three. Uh, there's some heat coming through on the text machine we're going to get to after the news. I see you, Trent. Don't worry. On the Temper Bedpost text machine. But right now, we're watching the gallery as Tiger Woods wears red at the Masters on a Sunday. And it's pretty incredible. Smithy, Smithy gave him no chances to make the cut. He's fought so hard to make the cut. And the poor bloke looks in tatters. Mm. 
He does, mate. Every time he just walks out, he just looks in so much pain, all the grimace on his face. Yeah, Smithy came out and said that, um, I think Smithy said he'd make the cut, but he wouldn't win. And uh, he has hadn't even been close. I think he's 12 over at the moment is Tiger Woods and just struggling, struggling. And it was always going to be the case. Uh, but just great to see him out there playing some golf. Are we going to see him get back to the heights that he is able to? Maybe a bit more time and a bit more rehab to get that leg sorted. He might be able to get to back to where he is at the moment. But he's on the scoreboard, the, the scorecard. Scheffler, 9 under. He's 10 off shortly with the feature group with Cam Smith, who is 6 under. And yesterday, if you're watching that round, actually, Scheffler got up to 11 under. And then he dropped two shots heading home to, to kind of make it a three-shot um, separation between him and Smith. That's going to be a fascinating watch for the last 18 rounds. I actually think Smith can potentially pull it back. I mean, three shots is like 30 metres in a 100-metre race. So it's going to be hard work, tough work, but it is going to be achievable. So looking forward to watching that one. And then you've got Sanjay M, who is four under. Shane Larry's two under. Uh, Thomas, um, Justin Thomas, one under. You've got Rory McIlroy, he's even. My man Colin Morikawa, he's one after after two. He's gone back to even. The talk of the, the morning has to be Minwoo Lee from Australia. He is five under on his day after eight holes, and he's currently sitting tied for six, and he's one under. So Minwoo Lee has um, you know, figured out how to play Augusta on the final day. Look, it's <laughs> going to be a great watch throughout the morning, um, Louis. I'm looking forward. Who do you think? You think Sheffield's got this in the bag? Three shots a lead. Be too too much for Cam Smith to get that back? Or are you thinking pinners can inspire Cammy um, Smith? Oh, well, I'll, throw, I'll, I'll answer that by throwing a question to Kempe. I'm, I was in touch with Sam Pinfold yesterday after round three, and the, the, yep. the messages were all caps, all emojis, fired up. They were fizzing. The boys, Cam and yeah. Sam, were so fired up after their round yesterday. They Even dropping that shot on the back nine and then just powering those last two holes, they felt like they've got mm. rocket ship momentum coming in today. And I know he wants all of us to whip him home. And I actually met some people over the weekend that had some Cam Smith tickets because they heard us talking about him and Steve Williams declaring him on Monday as well. So people are on Cam Smith's side. Kempi, would you oh. rather be three shots ahead today or like Scotty Scheffler or three shots back with all the momentum? Oh, look, I'd love to be in that position, either one. I, you know, I just think the mind games that you could you could play and, um, you know, they're walking out together in the last, in the, um, in the last what is it, three? Is it they're going around in threes today? The last uh, two. Pairs, oh, just a, in just the pairs today. It would just be a pair. And I, it, just the mind games alone would be well worth the, the admission ticket. So... Uh, I think I think um, as he'd answer your question around three shots. No, I don't think three shots is enough uh, in, in and around Augusta. Mm. We've seen that with a, a couple of bogeys here and there, and the way that they're finishing off some of the holes and it puts them back two or three shots in a, in a matter of you know an hour or so. So I think um, the best position I'd like to be in is probably Cam Smith's position because I'm coming. Hunting? Yeah, I'm I'm coming around the corner. Got my eyes on him all the time, watching. You know mm. where he's where he's positioning his ball, and then just putting pressure on him to see whether or not uh, Scheffler can can handle the the um, I guess that pressure. So, mate, it's gonna be really interesting. Is what do you reckon? Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. like yesterday when I was watching Scheffler just looked unreadable. Like he just looked 
you couldn't you could have read all Scheffler. He was so good with his irons. His, his tee shots were straight. He was up and down. He could putt. Like his recovery. There's one shot when he's under behind a tree. Chips it over to about two feet and then um, birdies birdies the hole. So he was unrattled until we got to the last four holes, and then he came home three over to bring it back to a three shot lead. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, Kim P. I think. Uh, and you, um, Louis, with three shots and pinners and, and everyone in the spot, and I think he's going to be like a little cage tiger, mini Tiger Woods, and he's just going to just be on his heels and chomping at the bit to rip into it. So we'll keep you up to date throughout the morning, and we'll get to these texts very, very shortly. But right now we're going to go to Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. up Sam Pinfold, Cam Smith, rocket ship momentum, they are feeling fired up and I tell you what, you wouldn't want to be staring at that sick Aussie with that mullet down the last, down the, coming down 18, if you're tired, knowing that he's just got ice in his veins and he doesn't care, he's just made for it. I'm very, very excited to watch this morning play out, boys. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing and gee whiz, there was some thoroughbred racing this weekend um, a pretty brutal day at Randwick to be honest congratulations to Irish Girl I hope people got a bit of that tipping it out on the mail run and congratulations to the Good Oil team they had a collect they had a great day Clado, Steve Davis um, and Luke Radich they were on fire so I hope people had a, had a fill up here on Irish Girl if you managed to make a profit on Saturday you would have been doing well because there was some tough racing to decipher the Randwick track was very heavy and a lot of the favourites or horses you expected to go well came unstuck Mazu was one of the races of the day I know or one of the wins of the day I know a lot of people were deep on in the Congo I was on Paul Lely, who was disappointing to be honest um but Mazu was excellent. Anavisto nearly caused upset the apple cart. Didn't quite get it done. Mount Popper has run a hell of a race in the Queen Elizabeth, by the way, just quietly run a huge race, as has Dallasan and um, Montefilia, Juas, Very Elegant, the Mears. Kind of a bit head-scratching. You're kind of wondering, when we talk to Nashua Willow boys a little bit later on, we'll ask him how exhausting that track was because... You'd expect those those mares in particular, they all really like wet tracks. You would have expected them to handle the footing a bit better, but like you saw James McDonald getting busy on Very Elegant, even further out than he usually mm. does, and she just didn't want to pick up the bridle. The win, the win of the day was Think It Over. Um, <laughs> quite incredible. So there's a text here from Trent. Is he, Zaki was only beaten by the ride of the century. I was starting to think about what to do with all the money I was about to make. Nick Minute, 30 <laughs> cents in my account. Now, this is a good point. And I, as former athletes, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, how your destiny can change and can be taken away from you by something that is out of your, completely out of your control, like a moment of brilliance by someone else. Like you can do the best you've ever done and somebody else can do the best they've ever done on the same day mm. and all of a sudden you're just a piece of forgotten history. Like Zaki's run in that part of the track was huge. Like mm. if, if Zaki, if Nash doesn't do what he did on Think It Over in one of the most brilliant rides I've ever seen, 
then we're saying, oh my God, Zaki is a weapon. He's the greatest. He is the, now the champion of Australian racing. But because Nashra Wheeler pulls off this moment of absolute brilliance on Think It Over, Zaki's now kind of a footnote, ran a huge second, but misses that. And that's how sport and racing works. I don't know if you boys ever think about that. Um, yeah. After you, Kimpy, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Look, I, after watching that race, I, I had a um a lot of respect for Nash Rawler. Given the given the time mm. of the day, and the amount of work that he must have put himself through to get to that position and go, actually, I'm going to take the punt and I'm going to go to the far side of the track. Um, where I think that's where the, the firm, firmer ground is. Now, you've got to remember, when he's mm. coming down that straight and you've got very elegant and Duas coming, and everyone, um, that's what I was doing. I was watching going, well, they've got to come shortly. That's, that's the, map, the, the map, the race is mapped out exactly how um, it was told us by Ed on the, on the Thursday. Yeah. Mm. And you're thinking they're coming. And then he takes that massive veer to the left-hand side, to the, to the grandstand side, and he's given he's given up another length or so just going there, and then he straightened it, straightened it um, up, think it over, and just come home in a flurry. And I've gone, man, that there is like doing your homework. That's that's why you get beat when you mm. put your best effort in. And you got to th- think about Jamie Carr sitting on Zaki, thinking, "Yep, we mapped out, went to the front, now let's see if they can chase us down." Jamie Carr would have thought she was home because you never heard Nash Rawala uh, coming. He was too far away. And she would have thought she was home, and then all of a sudden levelled out and went bang. And I and I said that to Louis straight away. I texted her, I went, what a ride, man. That was just unbelievable. Mm. And, and just reacting to your question, Louis, when you spoke about as an athlete and you, you've given your all and you've put in the plan, you know what you're about to do, and then someone else just comes over the top and plays better than you, mate, you just got to sit back and just clap it. you just got to just reward, um, you know, some some professional and some – freakish kind of skill and th- and that's what that was and I, would, I can't wait to ask a question about that that ride do you, I want to ask that was that a pre-game pre-race plan was that a pre-race plan or did he just see something during the race and that's what you want as a top of the line athlete you got to make decisions there and then and I want to know if that was Nash's gut instinct to go over there and give it a crack on the inside and and get the rewards, mate. So, uh, yeah. Awesome, like, Don't take awesome it away race. from thinking awesome over. Ride. No, well, that's the mm. other part of it. Like, and I bet you when we talk to Nash. They didn't even talk about that bloody horse, too. Well, <laughs> well he's a multiple, multiple group one winner, and we what said... A champion. Yeah. But, here, mm. but here's the thing. Like, this is why the race was so good, because we had horses like Think It Over, Mount Popper, Dallasan that are all group one performed, and Think It Over has been winning group one, group ones mm. against these horses, but the reality is needed better track. Nash knew that. But he's gone, I'll pull the trigger here. And you're right, Kempe. He'll say the horse did the work. We'll ask how close he would have got if he was in that other part of the track. And Nash might say he would have got really close and maybe think it over as a champion. We just, we've kind of sleeping on it. Um, Trent, I sympathize with you, mate, because you have been unstuck by what you're describing the ride of the century. It's one of the best rides I've ever seen. Dave from Karaka, we've still got your message here about uh, rugby league and the Warriors. Don't worry. At about 20 past seven today, after we catch up with Harry, Harry Simeo and talk some Premier League, we're going to talk all things Warriors. Alrighty, we are 20 away from seven. The Masters starting to heat up this morning. Looks like most players have got out. Schwartzel's out on the course. Minwoo Lee is, as he said, two under now through nine. He is cooking it oh. up. He's on fire. He is on fire. 
He needs to get in the Wimac to cool off. 20 away from seven. <laughs> Quizzy Dag. Not far away. 0800 150 811. Come on, take on the Quizmaster. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quizzes on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. T.A.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 811. Now give us a call. Yes, Quizzy Dag for your Monday morning, 11th of April. The final group in the Masters have teed off. Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler will keep you up to date throughout the morning. But right now, it's time to rip into the quiz. And we're going to go to Simon from Auckland. Morning, Simon. You're up first, buddy. Oh, first up. Okay, how you going? Morning. Yeah, good good sight. Good to have you on the on the show and good luck for the quiz, mate. Here we go, ripping in. Question number one. How many games have the breakers lost in a row? Um five, No phone of friends. Stacy Jones. Three. <laughs> two. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say seven? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, no phone a friend now, bro. You've used all up. <laughs> yeah, gone hard, gone early. <laughs> Here we go. Question number two. <laughs> How many years since the Warriors won a Golden Point victory? How many years? Before this one. Before this one, by the way. That? Before this one. How many years oh, yeah. before the, the weekend's um, game? Was the last time they won, the Warriors won a Golden Point victory. I'll go... Go seven again. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh close. Ta-ta. Close. Not yeah, seven, brother. Simon. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go yeah, to Luke. Mate. Morning, Luke. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> Morning, Lukey. You're up, bud. Question oh, number two. Look. How many years since the Warriors won a Golden Point victory? Well, if it was close, I'll go six. <laughs> it is Well done Well done Six It was Right answer Question number three Who did Ali Jermaine Sterling Successfully defend His UFC Bantamweight title Against yesterday Sterling uh, Phone a friend please Peter Pan Okay Okay Think about <laughs> You're a lost boy, Luke. You're a lost boy, Luke. It wasn't Tinkerbell. Sorry. You know that, you know that, you're going to go to Richie. You know that's Al Sherrick's nickname, Peter Pan. Oh. No, I wouldn't be Tinkerbell. <laughs> Richie. What'd you say? I have to go Captain Hook. <laughs> it's not Captain Hook. Is that your official answer, no. Richie? Is it? He... Yep. <laughs> All right, no. Sacrificial? Hook. 
All right, question. Uh, we're going to get Brett. Brett from Huntley. Ready? <laughs> Peter Yang. Peter Yang, good Peter man. Yen. You like that Peter, Peter Pan? Yen, Peter you like Pan's that Peter Pan, eh, Fuck around, me. Oh, my. Is Tinkerbell, Captain Hook? That's a good All right, one. Question number four. Who was the last Australian to win the Masters? Oh, Adam Scott. Ooh, nice. Yes, nice. it was Adam Scott. Here we go. Uncle Steve on the back. Question number five. Question number five. Who was New Zealand's first track and field world champion? Uh, no, uh, Jack Lovelock. Four. No. What? Sorry, Brady. Not Jeff, Jack Lovelock. Wait, what happened to your Chiefs? Quickly, before we let you go. What happened to your Chiefs? I, I, I don't want to talk about it, my cousin. Are your pockets still full of grass? <laughs> 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 we still ain't even park, cousin. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Brett. We'll chat to you tomorrow. All right, we're going to go to Zaid. Morning, Zaid. Good morning. Morning, Zaid. Hello? Who was New Zealand's first track and field world champion? It was a pr- can I have a phone a friend? I'm not sure. The, the, you don't we're not going to phone a friend, but what we got, well, I'm going to say, it's in the answer. It's in the answer, track and field. It is actually in the answer, because I got this one wrong this morning because I was thinking of one, not the other. So that's your, that's your and, clue. And can I just I'll, I'll just, I'll just add to the bit of clarification on the question. So the first New Zealander to win an event at a World Athletics Championships. So that's the exact wording that we're going to run with, Zad. I don't know. Is it some, something fields? No, we mm. need the athlete. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. 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 Uh, I'd like to say, nah. Sorry, Zadie. Sorry, mate. Have a good day. We're going to go to Ed, Brett's cousin. Hey, Morning, Ed. Cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to go. Yeah. Arthur Lydian. That's the one. Mm, no. You guys going to no, kick, you guys gonna kick yourself when you find out who this one is. It's mm. all cool, cousin. It's all cool. <laughs> 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 Thanks for your call, man. Have a good day, Ed. So what are we doing, Louis? We're going to jackpot? What, what do we want to do? Do you want a jackpot or should we beg? Let's jackpot. Let's roll it over. Yeah, jackpot. The mate. jackpot Tuesdays. Um, out of curiosity, the answer is? Beatrice Farmwina. Beatrice Farmwina. Yeah, 1997 in Athens. You would have thought that they would have won a... Uh, maybe, they, maybe, the, the, maybe it's because it wasn't the exact competition like World Athletics Championship... They, you know, I, I think the track and field throws everyone off because the first thing they think about is ath- athletics, like running around a track. Is that not track and field? Uh, it, well, when I when I thought about it, the first person I thought about was um, Lovelock too. You know, like yeah. so. I think you got very rarely you think of someone throwing a discus or 
doing high jump, you know what I mean? So, well, uh, we've, I've checked it out. We've gone mm. to uh, New Zealand history uh, dot government dot NZ. So I know some of us out there like to say that the government's lying to us, but um, I'm pretty sure this website's pretty watertight. <laughs> so <laughs> cut it out. So Kiz has survived another day. All right, we're seven away from seven this morning, and he was starting to sweat in his polar fleece this morning. After this, we'll let you know exactly what's happening in the Masters. Cam Smith's teed off and just true to form, his iron approach into the first hole onto the green, Daggy, was superb. You go watch that and let us know how good it was after this. Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Remember, Harry Simeo talking Premier League after 7 as well. ENZ. And just before 7am, we've seen the completion of, of one of the more heroic sporting acts to come up without a victory. Tiger Woods has finished his fourth round at... The Masters, uh, he just missed a birdie putt. His putter was cold all weekend long, but he's played four rounds on a broken leg and the limp, the way he walks to the clubhouse, he looks in pain, but he looks like he's done himself proud, is he? It's pretty amazing and pretty emotional for a guy you never knew if you were going to see him again. Yeah, for sure. 100% that famous red polo on a Sunday, that, you know, he's come so synonymous with Tiger Woods and all his... Major victories, all fifteen of them, mate. Look, it's it's just great to see him out there. And obviously, he was like, he played this because he thought he could win it. He would be pretty disappointed. You spoke about it. His putter was horrible. Let's be honest, that was his worst round ever at the Masters yesterday. So, look, he'll be happy uh, that he's just comp- he's been out there. He's got a, a round, four rounds, straight rounds at a major under his belt. Um, this won't be the last of Tiger Woods. So. We'll keep you up to date with that. And then Cam Smith, mate. Cam Heater. Smith, he's birdied Ooh. the first. He's birdied the first, and he is only two shots behind Scotty Scheffler already. So we'll keep you up to date with what's unfolding. Scheffler taking on Smith in the final round. Coming up, we're going to talk to Harry Simeo about the EPL, Liverpool and Man City. Battle of the top of the EPL, two-all draw. So we're going to get Harry Simeo, all things EPL, and then uh, we update on all things other than that. So Craven and McCafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Test at home with results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Monday, the 11th of April, just after 7 o'clock. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk some EPL, followed by some rugby and some league chat, because it was all happening over the weekend with some racing, and oh, it has been a horrible couple of weeks on the punt, can't pick me nose to save myself so uh yeah i need some help need some help we all need some help it's been it's been a tough old couple of weeks on the pump but anyway we'll keep going back because the great sport just keeps on giving horse racing and the masters ah oh, question for you louis the masters yes is he who has been the biggest disappointment for you who has been the biggest disappointment john Rahm. you feel from john Rahm? he just played in tiger's group tiger's on a broken leg he's meant to be trying to get his world number one status back. Huge, biggest disappointment, Mm. especially at the start of the tournament, throwing a little bit of shade at Tiger and JT. 
John Rahm, mm. who is typically great at Augusta, when he lost that world number one title to Scotty Scheffler, you had to wonder if it got in his head a little bit and he's just pushed too hard or what's gone wrong. But uh, I think John Rahm mm. did not look like John Rahm this weekend. Yeah, I like that one. Like that John Rahm. He, yeah, he was there all there. But he's a favourite going in, paying $12. Oh, for me, Bryson DeChambeau, eh? Bryson DeChambeau. What's been going with the DeChambeau's? He has lost it. 80. 12 over. Well, so he's only played four or five times this year. He's injured as well. But last, you know what? You could never have taken him going into this tournament because he wasn't even using his driver last week. He didn't even mm. want to use his driver. And he remember when he said declared Augusta a par, what did he call it, a par 69? Or he, mm. he, or he tried to say that Augusta yeah. was just, you know, was ripe for the picking. And then since then, he hasn't made a cut. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. I just thought he was, uh, yeah, quite quite poor. But yeah, you're right. He hasn't played too well and played a lot of golf. So maybe we are a bit tough on him. But there are some big names. There's Andrew Shoffy as well. Didn't even make the cut. So big names that didn't really fire at the Augusta Masters. And well, I know this man will be all up for the Masters. He's a sports fan, no doubt. EPL, after early fireworks, the tension of a title-deciding clash grabbed hold in much-anticipated Manchester City-Liverpool battle this morning with a 2 all being the final score and points shared between the title heavyweights. It leaves a one-point gap in favour of City with seven games to go in the Premier League season. We're joined from our man, our man over in the UK, Harry Simeo. He's an absolute champion. Morning, Harry. How are you, bud? Morning, I'm good, guys. How are you? Yes, good. We're good. There's so much sport going on. It's really hard to kind of keep up to date with everything. I've got the Masters on my TV, at rugby, horse racing, and now the EPL. Liverpool, Man City, mate. Talk us through that match. What is it? What, to live up to expectations? Two-all draw? Is that a fair summation? Yeah. It was, it was an exhibition of, of the sport. It was brilliant. Both sides were unbelievable. I think, actually... On the day, Manchester City will probably feel a little bit unlucky that they didn't go on and win it. Um, they played the majority of the football. That's not to say that Liverpool didn't uh, give as good as they got in a lot of cases. But Manchester City, for me, started the game brilliantly. They were really, really strong game to Liverpool. Can only lead. But credit to Liverpool, because we often talk about champions and having that ability to grind out results when they're not perhaps at their best. But they managed to to equalise twice and, and ensure that they got at least a point out of that. I think the point probably suits uh, Manchester City a little bit more because obviously they maintain their lead at the top of the division, but it's such fine margins now for the remainder of the season with just the point separating the two. Um, and, but honestly, what a game. It was It was so good. For the neutral especially, it was It was beautiful to watch. Yeah, that's what you want, that's what you want eh, Harry, when you're watching... The EPL, you want to see a game go down to the wire like that and, and look at the stats and see whether or not it's going to affect the uh, the run home. For years, it's always been right down to the wire. Hey, who are you picking? Who are you picking in the run home um, out of the top two to actually get the title this year? And why? I, th- I think you've got to slightly lean towards Manchester City just because of uh, the, um, the lead that they have. I know it is only a point, but... Both of these sides are capable of winning every game between now and the end of the season, which means it's kind of the standard is really high and there's very little space for a slip-up. But obviously Liverpool need Manchester City to slip up in some way to be able to capitalise. So I think 
Um, the, the advantage that City have at the moment, albeit one point, obviously puts them in pole position for me, but also the fixtures. It looks to me like Manchester City in their remaining fixtures, at least on paper, have the slightly easier games. And so you look at those games, you can't really see where they'll slip up. Liverpool have got a couple of tricky ones. Um, they're at home to Manchester United next to have not been very good this season. We all know that um, and, and are not at the level that they once were. But that's there's nobody in the EPL that would love to cost Liverpool a Premier League title more than Manchester United. So that's a bit of an old grudge match and it could it could be a tasty one. What about, what would it mean for Steven Gerrard? If he is able to do the unthinkable for Liverpool, what, you know, he can do it as a player. But delivering them by beating City on the last match day as a manager of Aston Villa, like for Steven Gerrard, if he's able to do that for Liverpool, what would that mean? Yeah, it would it'd be great for Steven Gerrard because he's Liverpool through and through. He's a local local guy. He grew up there. Um, I think a lot of people in the UK feel that eventually Steven Gerrard will become the Liverpool manager. He's still got a long way to go in terms of his education, in terms of his development as a coach. Um, his Aston Villa side have been a little bit up and down since he took over. Initially, when he came in, there was a real sort of bounce and they were doing really well and people were starting to talk. But there's been a few ups and downs along the way. So I think the general consensus is that Stephen Giles not quite yet ready for Liverpool. But obviously, if he was to pull that off, it would uh, it would certainly put him in uh, higher esteem than he's already in with the Liverpool fans and, and kind of pave the way for that to happen one day. What about me and you, mate? Obviously going down 1-0 against Everton and there's that video of Cristiano Ronaldo going off and smashing that young kid's phone, which isn't a great look. But, we, you know, I'm a Man U fan and, and I always watch them and I was really up and about when Cristiano went back. But for them, mate, like, is it a big fix? What will they need to do to, to kind of get back to the heights? They are one of the biggest clubs in the world and they're just not playing like it and they're not acting like it, so... What's your take on them, mate? Yeah, they they probably are the biggest club in the world, barring maybe Real Madrid. Mm. Um, but you know they're definitely mm. right up there. And so you're right to see Manchester United in this position is strange. And I think last season painted a bit of a false picture of Man United because they ended up finishing second. And a lot of people thought that given that and the transfer business that they did in the summer, that they'd be able to really push and challenge for the title this year. Start of the season, it didn't work out. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was obviously moved on. But I think mm. what's really cost Manchester United is the lack of a plan, the lack of a sort of long-term uh, structure. They've brought Ralph Rangnick in, who um, has sort of notoriously done very well as a director of football and sort of behind the scenes. But as a coach, his record isn't great. They brought him in as an interim uh, manager to see it through till the end of the season. But you can't appoint an interim manager in sort of November or whenever it was they did it because you're essentially writing off six months of the season. That's what it feels like Manchester United have done. And so ever since then, they've just been coasting along. Cristiano Ronaldo, we all know what a great player he is, was, can be. But at this moment in time, he's not really working with this Manchester United team. And as you said, his yeah. frustration sort of boiled over yesterday. So for Manchester United, I think... I know and I work with a lot of Manchester United fans and, and the general sort of idea seems to be now... Well, right off the remainder of the season and focus on and concentrate on getting the right man in charge going into the new season. But they need a major rebuild. They, they need to gut the place. They need to rip it all out and start again. And unfortunately, in modern uh, EPL football, sometimes that patience required is not always there.
Yeah, two ends of the spectrum, isn't it? When Cristiano went there as a teenager, now the back end's of, end of his 30s are still fighting for the Champions League spot. So I guess they got something to fight for. Hey, Harry, are we able to ask a little bit about Chelsea and, and where they are with this Russian um, business and, and and where they where they look like they're going to be end up um, on the back end of it? Yeah, so this is a really interesting one because, I, I'm, as I'm sure you guys are aware, a few weeks ago, or a couple of months ago now, it feels like it just sort of yesterday when all of this stuff started, um, there was there were sanctions imposed on Roman Abramovich, the Chelsea owner, uh, due to his connections with the Russian government. And what that meant was that Chelsea had to operate under a special license. Now, from what we saw, the government had placed them under some really strict measures, couldn't sell match tickets, couldn't sell merchandise, mm. couldn't spend more than a certain amount of money on travel. And it really threatened to kind of derail their campaign and their season. Now, we know Roman Abramovich is trying to sell the club, and we know that there are a number of interested parties. Uh, as far as we're aware at the moment, uh, some of the final bids have been submitted in, and now the club are considering, or Roman Abramovich is considering, and the government are considering too, because whatever deal happens, they have to give it the green light. But every time we think we know who's going to take over, we then hear about two other potential investors sort of partnering up, and then we hear about a potential uh, it potentially going down a different avenue. So it's really unclear who's going to get control of the club. Just quickly, one of the interesting things about Chelsea, though, is there is a group um, of Chelsea fans who many, many years ago, when Chelsea financially were on their knees, invested in the football club and now own Stamford Bridge, the stadium. Uh, they also own the right to the name Chelsea Football Club. And this is having an impact on the, the sale of the club going through. Because unless they get guarantees from whoever takes over that they're not going to move away from Stamford Bridge, which has been talked about in the past, they're not willing to let their bit go over. So it's, um, it's, it, there's a lot of complications in this deal. But I think probably by the end of April, we should know where the club's going to end up. Mm. Interesting. Do you think this has been a huge impact on, on Chelsea as, as a club? Do you, are the players struggling with what's going on behind the scenes and they're probably not getting the results? Well, they are. They've won their last three. But, you know, like, have, are they are they struggling? Do you feel like it's it's affected the club's um, kind of uh, mana? You know, the respect that they've had over the years. Has it put a dent on them? Yeah, I think it has in a way. Um, I, I, I don't think Chelsea ever had the respect, though, of a Manchester United or a Liverpool mm. or an Arsenal because they're not one of British football's great institutions, if that makes sense. They're a club who sort of had a, a decent history, but once Roman Abramovich came on, he really elevated them to another level. So they've always had mm. this kind of thing where people have thrown the comment at them, you know, you, you were nothing before the money and nothing before the investment. Um, <laughs> but obviously it has had some impact because they've sort of been coasting through games and just about getting over the line. A lot of people sort of have been opposing them week in, week out, saying they're not going to win, this is all going to take its toll. But for the most part, they've done well with the exception of one game in the Premier League where they got beaten at home to Brentford and obviously the first leg of their Champions League semi-final, uh, quarter-final, I beg your pardon, with Real Madrid where they got beaten. But they're still in that. That's not over. So I have to say, actually, it's impacted them less on the footballing side than I probably thought it would. Mm. OK, OK, that's interesting, interesting. Thank you so much, Harry Simeo, out of the UK. We appreciate your time on the show. I was going to ask you about Arsenal, but then... 
I don't want to wind you up. Uh, we'll leave that for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that for next season, mate. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. You're very insightful and you give Cheers, us a, a great little update on what's going on in the EPL. And uh, you take care, mate. We'll get you on very shortly. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Harry Simeo, absolute champion out of out of the UK. Two right horse race, Louis. Liverpool, Man City. They are 10 points ahead. And, uh, yeah. They won't be caught. So who but, you, who you feel's got the wood? Oh, I think Liverpool have the harder run home, and City have that kind of moral mm. edge now, being one point ahead. Speaking of two horse races, is he? And I'm not talking Zaki. Think it over. I'm talking Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Kempi. Cam Smith, couple of holes in today. What's he up to? He's on he's on fire, mate. Birdie, the, birdie. The, the putter is on fire. He's on birdie, birdie. First two holes, and uh, I thought he gave it a little bit too much on that. Um, was it? Third sh- third putt was it third shot before the birdie? So, um, but mate, we know his short game. Oh, he's just a, he's a oh. he's a scientist with the irons, and his putter is uh, somebody. Is he? You've had that beautiful um, um, sunrise today, and we chucked it up on Twitter. And Adam, very sharp, said, "Gee whiz, the glow coming off Cam Smith's red hot putter has reached all the way to a hulker." <laughs> <laughs> it is, mate. Honestly, what you think? She, like we spoke about it. Like, I said that was about a thirty meter start in, in a hundred meter final, but he's just eating up that twenty meters in ease. First two holes, Scheffler. You reckon he's shaking in his boots, Louis? Ah, I mean, when you're sitting him, sitting there. How, I mean, how do you play? How do you? How do, if you're Scheffler, how do you? approach this next you, you got to play aggressive you, you got to keep playing it, aggressive bang on you? you start thinking you you say to yourself well look I'm already down a shot I'm already down two shots you think about mm. it like you go into the day even and you say I'm already down you mm. need to start hunting you need to start playing aggressive because that's what put Scotty Scheffler five shots clear it was aggressive pin hunting golf and he was making all his putts and don't worry about the wobbly driver just start just keep stick to your guns and Cam Smith just about to tee off again here on the third and um, just, again, absolutely pure. It's going left, dare I say that. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he gets a nice little kick and he can have a crack at the green again because his putter is doing all the hard work. It's 19 minutes past 7 o'clock. Um, well aware of all the issues. Thank you, everybody, for your texts and your messages. We've sorted it out. And after this, Kempi is talking Warriors. Friday night, well, the Kemp household was charhooing. It was celebratory. It was dancing. He's TikToking, hip bumping, as Sir BG said. <laughs> I haven't got to the TikTok yet, is but I'm working on it. And we're going to find out exactly <laughs> why and what the Warriors did so right after this. Baz and Izzy for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. 24 minutes past 7 o'clock and in a jam-packed sporting weekend, Kempe, I think you'll struggle to find many people that don't consider one of the highlights a golden point win for Warriors. It's been so long and you knew it had to be Sean Johnson, even when he missed one. You knew he was going to come back and it might have been a mongrel of a field goal, but did the job. Well, see, I was like everyone else, to, because they haven't won a golden point um, clutch game for so long. The only thing you could hope for is that they'd get the ball into Sean's hands. Um, when when Reese Walsh sprayed that first one, I was like, man, it's, got, it's going to the wrong person. You know, it's got to get into Sean's hand. And he's hit that first one out front, and it, and it's missed. I thought that one went over, but then he's hit the flopper in the second one, and it's and it's and it's snuck over. So, um, look, we're talking about how well they should start the season. I just want to go through the first five games. 
and and now that we've we're five games into the round, you'll see why we thought they would start the season well. The Titans, St George, Tigers, the Bronx, and the Cowboys. Now, they're not in the right end of the table. The five sides. They've got three of those five games. You think they should have won the other two as well, um, given the form mm. of the sides, and and rightly so. Their, their form was, you know, probably missed that first one with Sean, and the way that he played, came back in the in round four and got and got them the last two. Um, but they could easily be five and zip. You know what I mean? They could be sitting right at the top of the table, given the round. Now the next five weeks, they have Sydney City, Storm, Raiders, Sharks, Rabbits. Now we're talking. Mm. Now you want to see mm. where they actually sit. And and this for me is now, you get your 60% of the wins, that's what you want. You want to sort of start getting up to 70, 80% of the wins because you know if you get those, you're in the four. And when you're in the four, then you're a chance of winning it. But the next five weeks has got to tell us whether or not they sit on 60%, go back to 50% winning, which is what we don't want because that's only going to get you in the eight. Um, but now we start, we're starting to come up against some, some form sides. Yeah, and form sides, we need a form uh, starting team, Kempi. And there's a great question at the start of the show from Dave from Karaka. Well done, Kempi. Looks like Brown listened to you. Put Nikarima at 14. Think that's a great combination with Johnson, Nikarima, Harris, Davida, and then Walshy at the back. Are we f- are we fixed on a on a starting 13 at the moment? Or you think we've got the got the side that that they're happy with? And, I'm so, and to, they can go on and push those sides. Oh, I'm so glad he's got Nikarima coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Like mm. if he's he, he's a he's a dead set. See, fourteen. When you're naming your number fourteen in in the NRL, the guy has to be able to come on and offer some impact and and just change the game, change the face of the game. You know, the Brandon Smith that comes off for the Harry Grant and you move him around in the middle of the ruck. You know, Cody comes off, fakes to his left, jumps out to his right, and waltzes over for that try. You know, the Cowboys have been kicking themselves. They're 18-6 up with two minutes to go before halftime. Bang, they let one come in just on halftime. Bang, they let one come off just after halftime. Then the game's all squared up again. Like, Todd Payton must have been having kittens in those in those, <laughs> those four minutes of football. Um, this is just like how many kittens you got down in your place. Your place looks like a cattery just quietly. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just a – it's a absolute, um, you know – the, the game at the moment is turned on its head on a couple of movements. You know, momentum swings. Like that like like that one for the Warriors on the weekend was critical. You know, it kept them in the game. They were completing it um, 90%, the Cowboys. They were absolutely flying as far as completions go. But they, they, sh- they switch off for that four minutes and the Warriors are back in it. And then it's a game of footy. And when it goes down to a tight one like that, I'm glad they've got that monkey off their back. Yeah. They've got that monkey off the back that when they go into a clutch game, they know that Sean Johnson can win it. And that's that's the reason why they brought him back. And do you think that... Sh- and that's the question. Sorry, is it? You go, mate. No, sorry. No, you go. You go. I was going to think, and do you think that Sean Johnson, like the monkey off the back for the team, but I was going to say, do you think Sean Johnson personally, to get that out of the way and to win a big game for them in the death is going to now, again, that, that's another uh, little another degree clearer his vision's going to be and his purpose back at the club's going to be. Do you think this now opens him up an extra fraction? Well, I don't know if you, if you guys are watching Sean Johnson pre and post game. He's trying to build some identity around um, his return to the club. By you, you, the, the, things, like, the things he's saying, like, you know, it just feels so good and so right to be doing it for this club. Um, I know mm. that the people back home are watching, especially my whanau, and I honestly thought tears were going to start 
you know, those some crocodile tears where he was trying to express them. But for me, what he's trying to do is he's trying to get the public to buy into this, you know, it's I'm, it's why I'm here. It's, you know, I really want you to get behind me and support me. It's mm. like he's crying out for it. So, you know, a little bit, I think, I think he doesn't really need, but the point I'm making, you don't need to do that, mate. Like, we're right behind you coming home and winning us football games. That's why, that's why we know you're here. Just keep winning. I, I think, um, I, I totally agree with that, Kempi. And also, I wanted to ask you about the control and what you've seen from Sean Johnson on the weekend. That's what he spoke about. His game has gone from not uh, eight years ago when he was there. He was a creator, a stepper, you know, one of your your world class players that will still adore. But now his game has changed. And it's been shaped on control and the players around him working with them and, and the combinations. So, look, I look at the next game, the Roosters, and they only just beat the Broncos. Totally gettable. Totally gettable. The, the question is the Storm when they're facing the top of the side like the Storm that. Uh, playing some good footy as well. So, look, it's a big couple of weeks for the Warriors. This is where we really see where they're really at. Bang on, Izzy. Hey, Scotty Scheffler's just chipped in off the green. Uh, him and Cam Smith have ended up in identical positions just off the green. Scotty Scheffler's gone first, chipped in for a birdie, an incredible birdie save. And if you were wondering who we were supporting, well, you, you, know, you wouldn't be because it's Cam Smith, but if you were wondering who the crowd's supporting, they're all about the American Scotty Scheffler. So hostile environment for Cam Smith and Sam Pinfold here. He's about to take his shot on the third hole this morning. After this, our choice is flooring pole. We're going to talk some Super Rugby, change it up. Love your thoughts on the Warriors, as always. Kempi, right now it's Araho with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SENZ, we are 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning and Cam Smith has just dropped a shot. So Scotty Scheffler chips in for birdie. Cam's wedge lets him down. He goes back to 7 under, 3 shot gap again. So Scotty Scheffler, is he, as you said, staying aggressive, staying in it and he's got himself back with a buffer. He'll be feeling good. That's how you stop a momentum shift, mate. When he was under the pump, bang, bang, and you just think, okay, I've got to do something there. And that would have rattled Cam. Mm-hmm. That would have rattled Cam to go from both ends in the same situation. He chips it in, and then he just pushes one, and I think he I think he pushes about four, three or four metres past the hole, and obviously misses the, the bar part, mate. So, yep, momentum shift, shift back into Scheffler's advantage. It's exactly like Kempe said. How did the Warriors take the pressure off themselves when they were 0-2? And Kempi said it, win. And that's what they've done ever since. Mm. See your floor change in an instant with Room View. It's a Monday morning, which means a Monday morning choices, flooring, pole, boys. And I want to talk and I want to change tack a little bit. We'll keep you updated with the Masters. We've talked the Premier League, the F1. But Super Rugby was at its sometimes... um, well, you love it, and then sometimes Super Rugby puts up these rounds where you just don't really know what to make of it, and there are strange games, there's games without much flow, then there is incredible performances like what you saw the Blues do, there are strange decisions being made, we'll debate all throughout the rest of the morning if Adi Savia did the right thing putting it in the corner, do you try and take the Crusaders on at set piece, do you go for the jugular with the field position, or do you take the three and go to extra time? 
that's what I want to throw to you in my Choices Flooring poll. Just a question around headaches, Kempi, and who might have the biggest one this morning, Super Rugby related. Izzy, I'll come to you first on this, and uh, then we want to open the lines on 0800 So the Choices Flooring poll today is for you to play in on the phone line, the Kenard's High phone line as well. Who have the biggest Super Rugby related headache on this Monday morning? Well, first option's pretty easy. The Chiefs. Because you can't be putting up donuts, especially when you're meant to be title contenders. Um, Clayton McMillan will be, he, well, we've heard the stories, he will be grumpy. The Hurricanes leadership group, are they going to be ruining that mistake? I know they blew up at the referee, but at the ult- ultimately you did have the choice to what, of what you wanted to do. Do you think that the Hurricanes leadership group have woken up a bit groggy on Monday morning and gone, ooh, maybe we did make the wrong call? This one's a bit sad, and he's not going to have a headache. He's got a very short, sore shoulder. Our friend Anton Leonard-Brown, after a shoulder injury last year, he looks like he could be out for a wee while, which is actually probably more of a headache for the All Blacks selectors because he's probably the first name on paper, really, when you're putting, or one of them, when you're putting an All Blacks team together for leadership qualities. Or would it be Bryce Lawrence and the referees? Because we spoke to Bryce last week, and it was around the red cards. But, man... The scrutiny, the breakdown, the inconsistencies, the stoppages. I think rugby fans just trying to gauge the pulse of the nation are just so confused about how games are being refereed at the moment. And that's for the referees to determine for the product to be better. And I think a lot of work needs to be done there. So who's got the biggest super rugby headache? The Chiefs, the Hurricanes leadership group, Anton Leonard-Brown, poor bloke, or Bryce Lawrence and the referees. Daggy, you got you got an instant thought? Uh, instant yeah, I, uh, number one, Chiefs, 100% Chiefs. We're all, you know, 25 nil at home in front of your home fans. You, you heard from Brett when he come on. He was didn't want to talk about it. You know, like you got a team that uh, at the start of the season, I thought they'd be, um, you know, championship contenders would be there or thereabouts. They're now sitting at sixth position, way outside where they should be. And to, to lose like that in front of your fans, look, they, they had opportunities. They had three disallowed tries in that, in that match. Um, they had um, moments of, of brilliance, but just have just gone away from the Chiefs-like style of rugby and, 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 a, and an exciting brand of footy, a, a unique style of, of play, totally different to other teams. They've just gone away from it. And then you hear Clayton McMillan uh, post-match talking about maybe he's got it wrong. Maybe his comments at halftime weren't on the money, weren't where they need to be. And so he's starting to question himself and and what they're delivering, the messages they're trying to give, and the players and the effort that they're putting out there. So for me, it's hands down the Chiefs. Where have they gone and got it so, so wrong in such a short amount of time, mate? Three or four weeks ago, I picked them to win the comp. There or thereabouts. And now they've dropped one that I just think they... That's where they've gone wrong. You picked them. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Just just saying, but um, look, I think um, Sanarama and well, (laughs) yeah, he didn't just pick it; he owned it. Is that that all you got? Is that all you got? (laughs) Hey, um, ideal, and we've and we've forgot we've forgotten about the Blues. I think you know what a great poll. Honestly, this morning that's a that's a great poll. The good thing about the Blues is they've gone under the radar and they (laughs) they've gone under the radar and they sit on the top and they've tailed up. Izzy's Chiefs are going to win it by 25 points to nil. I don't think I've ever seen a rugby game with a zero in it. You know, how can you have so many penalties and end up with a zero? Mm. You, can, you can kick 50 points from penalties. 
So um, that was really surprising to see that the Blues kept them to the donut. I think the other one around the Leonard Brown shoulder injury, well, I think that just made the All Black selectors' job a lot easier. Geordie Barrett goes to 12, without a doubt. Mm. And if you watched his game on the weekend in the Hurricanes, mate, the guy's decisions when he runs with the football, like I, I know he's he's tough and his defence defences. Um, are tough but the thing that I like about him is his decisions when he runs with a football is there's always something coming off the back of the run even if it's a tough run there's something coming off so I think that's made it well mate, the, the, one that, the one that needs a, a, um, a look at if you watch Artie Sevilla's um, commentary after the game he has gone for the referees he has gone after them and, yeah. and if you look at the I think it was it was it Barrett that took him down from the lineout when they threw that ball in. Mm. That's a penalty, mate. That, oh. that is a dead set nah. penalty. Nah, fifty-fifth contest. And no, they both went no, up. That's because you're a, Chris, that's because you're a crusader. No, no, you're honestly, always I watched say that. that. Nah. Mate, you can put fifty of those up and to put one referee there, and he'll give forty-nine penalties and one maybe. No, I want to see. I want to see if um, Artie's because if you like honestly, back like what's going to unfold from this. From New Zealand rugby, what are they going to do? Because you can't say anything about a ref live on the air. It'll be interesting to see what unfolds. You get, he's going to get fined, or he's going to get well, something. Is Something's going to come from this. This is this is kind of what I'm alluding to with Bryce Lawrence and the refs. Because and, mm. and I wonder, does it, there's a bit of nuance to this, Kempi. I don't necessarily think Artie Savi is right in saying that that's out and out a penalty because. The reality is there's so many inconsistencies in an 80-minute game of rugby now, you don't actually know what it is. There's a bit of a lottery with these 50-50s. Some things are knock-on, some things are accidental offside, some things aren't. There's scrum penalties going, then there's not. There are these line-out penalties going some days, and there aren't. So this is actually a bit of reflection, I think, for Bryce Lawrence and the referees. Why have they got a Premier Rugby player speaking out after this? And Gig says on double eight, double three, some say Artie's still complaining. So I'm not condoning what he's done. But I think there needs to be a little reflection as to how did we get to this. Well, and uh, let's be honest: you put the players, you put the players up; they've got to answer things. You put the coaches up; they've got to answer things. Put the referees up, mate. Get over yourselves. Well, Bryce Lawrence did come mm. up. He spoke no, to I'm us. I'm talking publicly. He did. They should be. I'm talking straight after the game. They should be up when Artie says that and going being able to go straight to them and say, "Why was that decision made?" Well, I don't know if the ref be fair to ask the referee that because I think they're just as confused as everyone else. 0800-150-811. That's the Kennard's higher phone line. I mean, was Artie Sar fair right to lambast the refs? Do you see where I'm coming from? Is there actually reflection that needs to be made as to why he's doing that? I think everybody's confused. I think Super Rugby officiating has confused us all. What do you think? Give us a call. Izzy's going to weigh in some more. After this, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 18 away from 8. Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. All right, we're 13 away from 8 o'clock. 0800 150 That is the Kennard's higher phone line, and we want you to give us a call. Um, here's an easy one. Did Adi Savia have a right to complain after the game, or is it on him and his leadership side to have not put it in the corner and, and they made their own bed? What do you think? Give us a call right now. Rory McIlroy is four under on the front nine, and all of a sudden Cam Smith is closer to the chasing pack than he is after dropping another shot. Scotty Scheffler, four shots clear, 10 under at the top. So that's what's going on in the Masters. Izzy, would you have taken the three, or would you have put it in the corner and tested the Crusaders' set piece? Um, uh, look, you can't. I don't, I don't even know if that was Artie's call because you see Corey Jane run on. 
and, and gives the message to uh, Geordie Barrett. So maybe it's come from high, the higher up to the coaches to say kick to the corner. So look, that's the decision that um, come from from the coaches and and Adi. Look, I don't. You got to let the players make that decision as well, and they've backed themselves to go to the corner. And then we spoke about that moment off air, and I've had, I've had a couple of good couple of looks, and I can understand where Kempi's coming from because there's like a, a half a second before um, Adi Savia gets the ball that Scott Barrett comes. He's behind them, so he's obviously won the space. Adi Adi's put himself in a position to dominate that line out, but then Scott kind of like puts his hand on his shoulder, but doesn't really distract him. But then goes through, and they both pretty much grab the ball. Uh, and, and it goes down, and we and everything eventually unfolds, and it goes down, and they set set a scrum and game over, and Crusaders win. So I can understand where that coming from. Who the who got it right or who got it wrong? I don't think that Brendan Pickerel got it wrong. I think that everything happens so so quick in that little moment. He's seen what pretty one pretty much what everyone else has seen. Two guys competing for the ball and going down, and then it creates a mess at the bottom. So I'm not was sure. Was Savia? Oh, Izzy, or, I'm not sure if. Because I know in rugby league, yeah, they go up to the third eye, um, up to the bunker, and the bunker can make a call on it. I think what Artie was saying was like review that decision. He wasn't he wasn't mm. saying like, you know, okay, you've made the decision. But what he was saying, as I guess the, one of the leaders was, hey, you need to review it. Now mm. I don't know. Do they do that? Does rugby rugby union do nah. that? Well, they had a captain's challenge last year, and Scott Barrett was one of the ones that yeah. wanted to get rid of it. And I, th- I think he'll be thinking that he, <laughs> he'll be very gratefully did. But then I don't know if you saw earlier. If in they the... reviewed it, if they reviewed it, who was like we review it now? From what you can do, we can slow it down. Was it a penalty or wasn't a penalty? For me, I don't think it was a penalty. But and you might think I'm because I'm with the Crusaders, I'm going to be biased, but. I just see two guys competing for the ball and they both get their hands on the ball and then it goes down as a mess. So from when you slow it down, I, d- I don't think that's a penalty. For you, Kempe, you've, you've seen, you I, think it's yeah, well, a I'm not gonna, a mate, I'm not going to argue argue with you about it because you, you're an all-black, mate. You know, it's like you arguing no, me no. about the Warriors. You know, you, you, know, <laughs> you know more about that. That's what I mean. Like, I'm not right up onto pl- yeah. on, on the play and and around with what they can and can't do. My take on what Artie was saying was he wasn't he wasn't having a, a dead set. You need you made the wrong decision. Yeah. He was saying that was it was that um, like you're saying fifty fifty review it. And maybe if they re- had that review, maybe they do come up and say no, we got it right. So if the line out lifter gets lifted, the opposition competitor can't touch him, can't touch him or, or disrupt. You got to go for the ball. And that's what I mean. Like, there's like half a second before they get the ball that Scott Barrett kind of puts his hand on, on Artie Savia's arm. And I think that's what Artie's trying to get him to look at, debate it. Because that's a penalty all day if he does that. But for me, I just, it happens so quick. Mm. He went for the ball. Like, you know, it's just one of those game inches. We could review every single moment in a game. And then it'll be slowed and would lose all our fans because we're already heading down that line with the way it's been uh, slowing down in the game. So. Yeah, it's just one of those things. They've got to make the decision and move on. Well, I know TJ was very confused at one of the games uh, over the weekend where I think the team ruled on a knock-on or a, a ball going out of touch. Um, and we all of a sudden we're asking, wait, are we doing that? Is, is that because cause then you're starting to blur the lines of why wouldn't they get involved if that was a clear-cut penalty? Here's uh, Tony, you asked the t- – Tony, it's very formal on a Monday morning. <laughs> that's that's, like, that's okay, Lewis. That's like the day I called Baz Brendan. <laughs> he did not like it as well. Jeez, he's still spewing about that one in Calcutta. Uh, you asked the question, Kimpy. Why do they only notice red errors at the end of a game? Uh, you asked, sorry, you asked the question, why don't they put the referees up? Well, Chris is 
putting that back on you. Why do the captains only notice the red areas at the end of a game? Also, you can't put the refs up in front of a media panel because rugby at the moment is struggling to recruit referees at any level. If people see their attitude towards referees, they will be less likely to take up being a ref at club level because people's attitude will get more vocal and referees as a result of what they're seeing on TV. Chris, that's a great point, and this takes me back to what I'm saying. They need to do something about the rule book because every time we have one of these issues, it comes back to the referees having so many different ways to um, you know, take an opinion on what's something that should be clear and concise. Last week, Bryce Lawrence said the best referees are clear and concise, but Kempi, how can you possibly be clear and concise when this is the sort of thing you're left with? Well, look, we all know that there's too many, there's too many rules in the rule book. That's That's... Why there's such a um, discrepancy between referees? Because each one of them uh, interpret the rule book differently. Therefore, the deci- yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Like you put referees up to interpret that rule right at the end, and you got ten referees sitting there. You probably get a split five five say yes is a penalty, five say no it's a penalty. That's the nature of the game because every individual is different. The way to fix that is, do you th- I'm, I'm a, and I like this sort of question around you can't recruit referees. Mm. Do you think they have the same problem in the EPL? Like, uh, look, look at how those referees have, have uh, scrutinised. That's actually, a, do you know what? It's a different story altogether because I know referees in English football have been, there's a real issue with abuse at lower levels and they actually do have massive I problems. I, I didn't say at lower levels, I said EPL. And, and, that, and they've got a massive issue, we've got, to, we've got to hit off, they've got a massive issue with players touching them, getting in their face and they actually struggle to get control in games. It's, but that's a mess. If this is a mess, that's a dumpster fire. It's six and a half away from eight o'clock. Double eight, double three. Keep coming through with your opinions on this referees. How do we get it right? And Adi Savia and the Hurricanes leadership group, if it was the coaches, did they get it right putting it into the corner? Back with the Masters update after this. Yes, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Tony Kemp, Louis Herman Watt having a real nice, solid debate and that's what we want. We want everyone to agree, disagree, give us your point and the text line has been flying and well, this one's straight to the point. Come on, Dag. He said like a true crusader. It was clear pull down <laughs> on the ear. How do two sets of eyes not see it? Ah, the best text of the day, that one. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And you know what? We've got Kieran Reid coming up after 8 o'clock, and he is a, an ex-crusader, but he will be honest and open about that, and he knows a lot more about lineouts and the legalities behind it. And he will give us an honest uh, review of that decision. I've slowed it down, and I've sent photos through the group. For me, forensics. From what I've seen, it, forensics. I've zoomed in, it, mate. You got two guys competing for the ball. You got Scotty Barrett and Adi Savia. He's got his hand it, on his shoulder, mate. Play on, Kimpy. Even the one that you've sh- sent me. It's not. It's not on his shoulder. It's through his. It's, it's on through. his. It's grabbing the his only ear. thing that is saving. The only thing that is saving Adi Savia is he's won the space. We'll have a debate about it anyway. I love it. Kieran Reid coming up after eight. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Test at home with results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ.
Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Monday, the 11th of April. And well, that last hour, you was getting hot and spicy as Uncle Kempe's shoulders were getting up. He was about to jump through the screen and come down to a hooker and just give me a real one across the nostrils there. But no, love it. We're all debating that topical uh, conversation, that last play in Super Rugby. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Rito's summation of it because, yeah, there are so many things that have happened. And I've got another message, Specsavers, mate. <laughs> I can't wait to hear another Crusader's <laughs> opinion from Steve. <laughs> well, you're going to get the Crusader's opinion, mate. Well, you can't change it. Crusader's one by three. Hey, there we go. Looking forward to that. Coming up, we're going to talk to Nash. Raw Willa, he uh, rode Think It Over in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Uh, we're going to have a chat to him about that ride of the century when he took it down the inside and just peels back Zaki and gets the win over the end. So looking forward to ripping into that and having a wee chat. But right now, it's all about Super Rugby, and we're going to get Kieran Reid on the line, and I'm thankful and grateful that he's found the time for us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. As we've discussed, there's plenty to get stuck into in the world of Super Rugby after the latest round, and the game is changing in front of us. Kieran Reid, captain the Crusaders and the All Blacks for a long time. He's on the line with us to share his insights and what unfolded on Saturday afternoon in that final play. Rito. Good morning. Yes, we did. No worries at all. Ah, we got him. Rito. Good morning. How are you? How are we going? Yeah, morning. Good. How are we going? Morning. Good, bud. Good. Thanks for thanks for joining. We've been um, debating that last minute, that, that that decision, the line out in the corner, and you're a man that yes. has been in many a line outs. You know what's unfolded. Was that the right decision. I've said it was a fair game because Scott Barrett's going for the ball, Nadi for Savia, they both got hands on the ball, but there's a little moment for the play when Scotty might have touched his arm. For you, what what's your final thoughts on that? Yeah, final play, a, mate? Like it is a tough one. I think um, you know, technically you're not allowed to touch anyone, but I think in every line out there's a bit of hustle and bustle. But I, I, I see um a collapse more you can lie there and, and hold on to it. So I think the rest got it right on that occasion. There you go, Kempe. What do you got to say? Hey, Rito, it's Kempe, mate. But like you said, touch, hey, like you said, touch and go. Like, would in a review, and you've just you basically answered the question yourself. You said, well, you, you know, you you've got to keep your hands off him. You're not allowed to not allowed to touch him. Is that the first? Was that the first action? You put your hand on the shoulder. Isn't yeah. that an instant penalty? Yeah, it's it's a uh, like I don't I don't think it should be a penalty. I think it's just the case of competing, but. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say the Hurricanes, you know, if they had the momentum, should have taken the shot, gone to gone to Golden Point and tried to win it that way, I would have imagined, um, rather than go to a mall against the Crusaders team that doesn't, you know, hasn't led in a mall for a very long time. So, um, you know, that's probably the decision I would say maybe wasn't quite right. Mm. Yeah, we'll be talking about that decision too and, and just kind of, you saw Corey Jane run on the field and coming from higher above and then kicking to the corner. You're right. And, and I want to ask you about the yep. Moor, mate. Like the Moor has been a topical conversation in the last couple of weeks. You saw the Highlanders and their effectiveness on Friday night to get those rolling more tries, but people have come out and stated that it is tarnishing the game or, or potentially it is slowing the game down and it's just a, a, a simple way for teams to be effectiveness. But then you look on the other side and with the Crusaders, do you, do you think that the rolling more 
still has a place in the game in, in the game of rugby? Yeah, I think it does. You know, I think it's the same as the scrum. You know, you can be a bit frustrated with you know resets in a scrum, but a mall lends itself to having different body shapes on the field. You know, if we didn't have a mall, didn't have a line out in a um, in a scrum, you w- you wouldn't need props and and these big uh, giraffes. You know, to, to jump for the ball, everyone would be. <laughs> Uh, you know, your Will Jordans and your um, Bowden Barretts and things, wouldn't you, around the field? So, um, yeah. you know, I think that's the great thing about what it does. You know, the mall, you know, I, I watch malls and you kind of look at some of them and you go, oh, you know, whether that was just a tactical thing from um, a team defending or maybe just their mindset trying to, you know, you've got to have a pretty strong mindset to stop a stop a rolling mall close to your line. You know, it's got to be uh, all out attack and, and you've got to be pretty uh, physical and, and put your body on the line. So, um, you know, a lot of occasions, some teams just don't quite get that right. Hey, great great insight, Kieran, especially around the decision um, and taking it to Golden Point, you know, point made. Um, I, I just want to ask this question. I've always, I've, I've always understood it to be the, uh, the way that it happened, but when you're captain of the All Blacks, for instance you're the leader, do you sit down with the coaches when the, and around the selections of the side and actually get to say who plays alongside you? Is does is that how it works? Yeah, yeah no it doesn't, no, so I, I stayed completely out of the selection um, you know, process and it was yeah, it was up to the coaches, up to the selection um, you know, team who, who did that, yeah, I, I preferred to stay out and I backed my whole squad, so um, it didn't really matter who was who was out there um, playing for us. Yeah, nice, nice video. Oh, well, uh, you're on the sidelines now, mate. You're playing a bit of golf. You're doing a bit of a leadership course. Um, how you been, mate? How you finding stepping away from the game and, and sitting back in family time? You enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, I am, mate. I am. It's been good, you know, keeping an eye on, on the footy and doing a little bit of work for Sky with you, mate, and, and enjoying it. Um, which has been great, and then doing a little bit of stuff as well on my own stuff. So it's kieranreed.co.nz. Anyone wants to go and check it oh. out, see what I'm up to. Um, and so, yeah, just, just you know, enjoying the time to do that um, kind of work. And then, uh, yeah, time with the family as well. Nice, mate. Well, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about the game of rugby and where it's at as, as a brand and, and and the game where it's trajecting at the moment. For you, where do you, where do you see rugby sitting? Are you happy with how it's been played, how it's been officiating, or would you feel like there's still a lot of room for improvement in, in certain areas, and what are those areas? Yeah, I, I think there is a, a plenty of improvement there, eh? Like it's, um, you know, I kind of, I think down here it's, it's over-officiated, um, you know, mm. definitely Super Rugby's felt that way. Um, and it slows down the whole product mm. and, and TMO and the time it takes. Like, if I look at the NRL, for an example, you know, like a team scores a try and by the time the kick is ready or, you know, the bunkers made the decision, whereas we waste two minutes while we muck around before we make a decision to go upstairs and then it's another two minutes to make the decision. So I think that's mm. that's not right in, uh, in rugby. And then... Um, yeah, perhaps if I look up to the Six Nations, it was kind of the opposite, where basically it was a free-for-all in rucks and and uh, it becomes a pretty slow affair. So um, it's getting the mix right there. Um, I remember it used to be refs just used to have the chance to go out and express themselves as a ref and just let the game flow. Mm. And I think that's where it's got to go back to, potentially. 
Hey, Karen, I always knew you were a league player in an all-black jersey, so well said there about the refereeing. <laughs> hey, um, what, what, about, what about the Blues, mate? What are, your, what are your take on them sneaking under the radar and, and uh, telling the Chiefs up by uh, 25-0 on the weekend? How do you think they're travelling? Yeah, that's pretty impressive, that. Um, you know, probably more so the zero that they put the, put on, you know, left on the Chiefs. So, um, it's, yeah, I wasn't sure about the Blues. I thought maybe they'd just been sneaking away with a few. Um, but, you know, I think after Bodie back probably adds a, adds a lot to their team. Um, and I think there's still a little bit of, you know, they get put under pressure. I think um, their forwards will have to really step up, um, you know, because they've been going on the front foot a lot. Um, in the last few weeks, so that's a test, and it'll be a big one this weekend. I think it's Crusaders, so um, yeah, we'll see see how that goes. And just take us, you know, interesting as you said, you're doing a leadership um, course here. Just take us through the the breathing that you've led the whole of the NRL through, because you introduced <laughs> it to the Warriors, and I watch every single NRL team, and they're doing the Karen Reed breathing. Just take just take us through that, mate. Do you, do you get do you like get goosebumps when you see every team doing it? You on commission? Gary. I, I don't know. I definitely should be. I don't. I don't. I don't know they're all doing it, but um, it's uh, you know, it's, I see some some clubs do it. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's quite the right way of of doing it, you know. But no, nah, breathing is important. I think just to really <laughs> the biggest thing is, is if you don't breathe, you die, don't you? So uh, <laughs> is, that what, is that what you said? Hey, fellas, just get up there, take, the a, take a couple of breaths after you score to try, and be thankful you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, oh, connection, eh? That's the biggest one. But oh, I think it will bring teams together. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I should have got onto something there. <laughs> you should have. Right. You should have breathed <laughs> with KarenReed.co.nz. Yeah. You should have painted it, mate. <laughs> wait, wait, Rita, tell yeah, us about your, your leadership, it's mate. It's been around for a long time. Unfortunately, it's been around for a fairly long time. <laughs> <laughs> <the breathing. laughs> mate, we were breathing years ago in those huddles, and now everyone's yeah. got onto it. And it's all place to do it. We should do it. Ah, it's great. Oh, wait, mate, tell us about the leadership and what you're trying to create, and tell us a bit about your courses that you're running, mate. Give, give yourself a little plug before we let you go. Oh, mate, look, it's, um, there's a few different things there. So, you know, I certainly can um, run people through like a little bit of a course, which is, you know, it's aimed at business executives and, and things, a um, little bit of mentoring as well in that space, um, which is really kind of looking at um, a high-performing team and, and so how to sustain success at a, at a high level um, and then building a culture as well. So um, there's different things there. There's also a part of I'm doing some work to kind of um, teach uh, kids and, and youth and a, a bit of kind of new leaders a, a few skills as well. And, um, so that's... Um, yeah, something that's that's quite cool. Cool awesome. there. Mate, what, in your just quickly, in your eyes, what what is a great leader? Like the, it's always spoken about leadership, and oh, he's a good leader, or they're a good leader. You know, in your eyes, what, what makes a great leader? Yeah, look, I, I think anyone can be a great leader. You know, it's someone who, whose actions mm. people want to follow, and I think uh, you want to follow those people who are genuine and and really who themselves. You know, so I think that's that's the most important thing I I, I see, uh, really knowing who you are. And uh, projecting that, yep. yeah. Awesome, awesome. Oh, mate, we'll let you get back to. I know you're probably about to do the school drop off. You're a dad now, mate. You've been a rugby player now. You're full time dad, husband, and you're at home doing all the chores. So we'll let you go, mate. Uh, but really appreciate you coming on the show, Rita. You're an absolute champion. Cheers, guys. No worries at all. There he is. There's a couple of bits of gold there, is he? There's a couple of bits of gold there. Um, 
Mm. The first one being breathing is important. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And um, then, the, then once he said it, he kind of heard himself say it and said, yeah, well, otherwise you'd die, right? Um, so that was good. That was great. <laughs> but actually, biggest takeaway, and here I am taking notes, refs have no freedom and the game is suffering. Mm. And yeah, we want the game to be fast, but essentially... The game can't be fast if we're riffing these rules so hard to try and make it fast because you're stopping every time for the whistle and then the TMOs are getting involved. And and that's a guy who could understand. Is he? How good was Rito about understanding the pace of a game as a captain, calming the boys down and letting them go? And, and how good did he have that pace under, you know, almost like a great jockey. He, he always seemed like a leader that could read where a game was going and when the boys needed to really step up. Well, he just never got flustered, mate. Mm. He always just... Had a bit of ease about him, just a real calmness, and that's what you want in those heat of the moments. You know, you can understand who's going to be good in, in the heat of the moment and just stay calm and stay focused. He was that that kind of style of leader and a really vocal leader too. Um, you know, like when he spoke, he spoke so clear, precise. The message was delivered right on the money. Um, and you could just hear that was the words, mate. He's, he's, he was one of my greatest captains, you know. Obviously, I've been skippered by some absolute champions but he'll be right up there just i think it was more off the field like his ability to connect throughout the entire squad and and, and get a real connection and use a family man so he understood you know what the what guys what they had families were going through and just a real um real connection throughout the entire squad so yeah got a lot of time for him and there was some gravy in there and i think the biggest one was was the the conversation about the line out and you asked a great question about contact in the year, and, and then he's come back, look, it's a, it's a contest. It's a contest, and there's obviously legalities behind it, but that was, a, I, I feel that was a genuine fair contest. Adi Savia, the only thing that will, will go in his favour is he won the space, so he's obviously got in front of Scott Barrett, so Scott Barrett's had to reach through and grab it, and that's what makes it that debatable topic, but for me, I just think it was a great contest in, in the year, and um, they made that decision, but yeah, you would enjoy that. And the NRL, mate, going back to the NRL, how they officiate. I'll be on that, mate. They have they've got it sorted. They're officiating the way that their game has flowed. I was play, I was watching the Broncos Roosters game on Friday night with a fellow Sky commentator, and he's an absolute champion. He was like, mate, look at this game. This is the greatest sport. Watching the NRL, just the flow, simple. There's none of that other stuff that's involved that's slowing down the game of rugby. That's just game being played and at a hell of a pace. Yeah. I, look, the takeout for me on that conversation there was was how he talked about it as a captain. He said, look, he probably would have taken um, the three points and taken it and tried and won it in Golden Point. You know, that's that's the decision. The decision is the difference that he, as a you know captain of the All Blacks, said, well, you know, I, pro- I probably wouldn't have kicked it out. I probably would have taken the three and, and, and stretched it out and seen with, whether or not we could have won an extra time. So... Um, mate, I love. I just love talking to people like that. You know, he's he articulated uh, exactly what that conversation was about and came up with some some pearls. Mm. You know, just slow down, mate. It was a bad because what he's saying, mate. The decision was bad in the first place. You shouldn't have kicked it to the sideline. Should have taken three points. That's what I would have done. Mm. Mm. Yeah, bang on. Yeah, nah, you're on the money. And 
Text. Got another penalty here from Anton. Ah, message from Anton. Uh, Louis, you read it out. You read oh, I was just, just going to say, is he, <laughs> the, the texts are pretty relentless this morning as Cam Smith takes a shot back. So he goes back to seven under. McElroy, by the way, is on fire. He's four under out of nowhere. Um, Kempe's right 99 times out of 100. That's a penalty. Wow. Uh, especially with Northern Hemisphere and South African referee. Obviously not to be a one-eyed canter. Only way you can get away with touching the opposing shoulder uh, jumper is if you're shoulder to shoulder. Secondly, there was no more form because Artie was tackled in the air. So Barrett should have been penalised for not rolling away. Furthermore, as you saw in the Blues game, the refs go upstairs for a knock-on, which saw Romano go to the bin. So the precedent is there to go upstairs. That's what I was wondering about, Anton. So, look. Don't get stuck too much into the, the detail. Don't get bogged in the weeds here about the the line out jump. I think your Can point. Can you go look at it? Can you go look at it? Both both players have hands on the ball. Go look at it, please. Oh, I know I'm, you'll be angry Izzy, at me. Izzy, I'm with you. But I reckon go have a look at. It. I, I think one noise. Can Tabby's talking about? <laughs> no, I, I think you're I, look me. I think that's just a rugby. Hawks Bay. I think that's what you would call a ru- a rugby play. It's just a, just something that happens in rugby. It can be messy sometimes. Torito's point here. This is Anton though. Still, Torito's point here about Super Rugby being over officiated. All the Northern Hemisphere footy, including Six Nations and World Cups, are far more over officiated. She isn't. No, they're not ants. They're not. But mate, like like I don't. I can't really. I couldn't disagree more at the moment. What was the, the the especially at the breakdown? The amount of penalties trying to keep it fast. It's it's something I've never seen before. So I mean, you can Anton find me find me it and let us know. I mean, I love it. I just disagree. Anyway, twenty one past eight this morning. It's good heat. Double eight, double We're three. We're all disagreeing this morning. That's <laughs> good. It's good heat. Love it. Cam Smith disagreeing with Scotty Scheffler going 11 under. Jeez, Scheffler looks icy out there. He looks like he's locked all the way in. In the Masters, round four, Masters morning on a Monday. How good is it? Back after this with Paulie Moati from the TAB. He will be watching this, and he'll have a hot take on who can win it from here. Let's get to him. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Discussion today. Don't stop texting us on the temper bedpost text machine. Absolutely love it. Kempe's getting all... All wound up and it's pretty good to be where Izzy is about a whole island length away from him. For me, it's a little bit close to home, to be honest, just over the desk. He could probably clip me if he wanted. Uh, so I'm mindful of that. And the Kenard's High phone line is 0800 150811. Uh, Rory McIlroy, five under for the day on an absolute heater out at Augusta. And $6 for Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler top 10. You've got to be giving it away. TAB.co.nz. Paulie Mawadi. You've dodged a bullet with Tiger, but um, I'm sure lots of people were all about Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith, mate. Uh, certainly about Cam Smith. Uh, he is now our worst result by far. So if the little Aussie battler gets up, um, it, yeah, it's it's not the best day for us. Um, Scotty Scheffler, though, has seen some uh, support. We took a $28,000 bet on Scotty Scheffler <laughs> on, when was that, uh, Saturday uh Late afternoon at two dollars, so twenty-eight thousand dollars on Shepler to win at two dollars. <laughs> Fifteen thousand on Shepler at a dollar fifty-two. Eight thousand on Shepler at two dollars. Seven thousand seven hundred on Shepler at a dollar fifty-seven. Five thousand on Shepler at a dollar forty, uh, and the list goes on. But he's not our worst result. Our worst result is Cam Smith. Uh, biggest bet on Cam: five k at three sixty, fifteen hundred at fifteen. Uh, a number of thousand dollar bets on prices ranging from four fifty to two twenty, 
a uh, thousand on at eight fifty, seven hundred on at fifteen. So, yeah, uh, if you want to cheer against the uh, the TAB, then Cam Smith <laughs> is the way to go. He, he is by far and away our worst result. I'm just waiting for Scheffler to double bogey a hole and bring Cam Smith right back into it. Just saw them both birdie the par four seventh. They're now walking down the fairway of the par five eighth. Dollar uh, seventeen currently on Scheffler, six fifty on Cam Smith. But you can also bet live on a number of other things. Uh, Charles Schwartzel up against Justin Thomas. You can bet on uh, who's going to win each individual hole uh, for that pair. Also, Sung J.M. and Shane Lowry, who appeared together. Uh, and, of course, Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith. So plenty of opportunities to get on the Masters live. As I said, Scotty Scheffler, who holds a four-shot lead at 11-under, uh, is seventeen at the moment. Cam Smith, $6.00. Love it, Paulie. That is extensive. You must host a golf podcast called The Cutler. <laughs> that's, that's the sort of knowledge we're getting there. And just we've got Cash Nash Rewilla coming up after uh, just in about 10 minutes' time, mate. So excited to catch up with him. You owe, probably owe Nash a couple of beers, I imagine, because nobody was nobody was tipping Think It Over. <laughs> he, was, he did us a huge favour, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> Next time he's in town, I'll certainly buy Nash a beer. Thank you very, very much. And, of course, the race, self-assured, a $2.40 favourite. Self-assured, $2.40. And the race, uh, second favourite, South Coast Ardern at four fifty, and Spankham at $4.80. The rest of the field, double figures uh, and up. So, self-assured, $2.40 favourite to win the race. With that draw. With that draw, come gee on. Gee whiz. Okay, come on. no, that's all right. We'll take you on, Paulie. Half past eight, tab.co.nz. You can go and have a look at the race market. Yeah, Selfishaw has taken barrier eight, so he's the widest on the front line. Uh, we had the sad news that Pembroke Playboys come out of the race, so there's only one horse starting on the back row. Back row. We'll be there on Thursday night, and we'll talk about it plenty more this week. Don't you worry. 29 away from... 9am this morning, Smithy up after 9. He's going to update you all about the Masters throughout the morning. Here is Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. SENZ, 27 and a bit away from 9am. This always makes me feel like we're cowboys when we play La Grange out of here, and I've always thought Nash Rowilla would be a great cowboy name, Kimby. Nash Rowilla, the cowboy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> someone from Tennessee, maybe a, maybe a country singer, that name. Nash. Nash yeah. Well, that's the Nashville tie-in, isn't yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nash from Nashville. Well, he was Nash from Cashville. <laughs> On Saturday, <laughs> and what and picked up a, a a bit of a ban and a fine as well. So, talk talk to him a little bit about that. But yep, mate, he's um he's king of the he's king of the mate. the jockeys at the moment. That goes down as is he? Have you ever seen anything like that? I hadn't. It, it, you, I I couldn't quite believe it. I don't know if you watched it live, but I thought the horse was running off the track. <laughs> yeah, same hundred percent. I I was like, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? He's seen something that we don't know, and he's got the treats in the end, and obviously made a half a what? Well, he would have made tons from that race. So looking forward to having a chat to Nash, mate. Be very just watching Scotty Scheffler, sorry. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I was watching Scotty Scheffler on this uh, par five. What Harrow than he's hit it to about six feet. 
six feet, so. Pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's do it. The Choices Flooring Room View program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today, and you've had your choice. You've done a brilliant job here. The question was, who will have the biggest super rugby-related headache this morning, other than Kempe, trying to work out how that wasn't a penalty? And the options were the Chiefs, the Hurricanes leadership group, who Kieran Reid has said he probably would have backed the momentum and gone to extra point. Uh, yeah, golden. No, extra time, isn't it? Uh, Anton mm. Leonard Brown with a shoulder injury. And, man, I hope it's not bad because I think we really need him as a character in the mm. All Blacks and, and as a leader as well. Or Bryce Lawrence and the referees because there's just confusion. The game is confused and they've got a bit of work to do. They're getting slammed by Adi Savia, which he'll probably cop a fine if Nash Rewilla copped a fine. And the answer is, well, in a bit of a landslide, really, the Chiefs. You called it, Izzy. Not really surprising. Mm. You can't be losing like that at home, putting up a donut, can you? Nah, nah. So there's got to be alarm bells there for, for Clayton McMillan and Roger Randall and the crew. Um, you know, I just... Yeah, like they, it wasn't any, obviously Anton's gone down, so they're going to have problems at centre. But then I think Alex Nankerville just moves in there. He's fantastic it's in the midfield. He's been playing on the wing, so that'll be an easy, not an easy, but they'll fill that void uh, pretty easy. But uh, yeah, just just question marks. Maybe Josh Uwani going back into ten and and pushing Bryn to the bench, just giving him some difference. But I just can't see where it's like how it just goes so so wrong in the, such a quick matter of time, short period of time. So yeah. Alarm bells, mate. Big time. And Kempi, you're just still in a glaze about that um, line out. You just, <laughs> you just like, you're like, can we just have uncontested? It was good to see some uncontested scrums in rugby. That would have been your favourite. That would have been your highlight of the weekend. Mate, I used to, you know, everything about rugby. When I was playing first fifteen rugby, I hated just scrums and malls and, and being. A part of it, mate. Like when people used to grab me, like you know, they used What'd to come. What mate? They used to come through the line and grab me because I was only tiny, mate. I was a tiny, <laughs> tiny little halfback, and they used to come through. They put their hands on me. Any of the forwards, I'd start swinging, and I wasn't swinging. <laughs> I would like one swinging just to, to have a fight. I was swinging because there was no way in the world back in those days, is he, when those like six inch bloody um, nails yeah. that they used to have <laughs> on the bottom of their boots that they're putting on my back. Sharpen them. And they, because uh, rucking back then was was allowed. Like you, I've seen blokes mm. get out of those. Their their jerseys ripped and blood pouring out of their backs. And as soon as the, the hand came on me anywhere in a ruck, I just started swinging. I was just letting them go. Get mm. me out of here. Um, that's just one of the titles of your albums. Get me out of here, Tony Kemp. I don't want to be here. <laughs> hey, there's a great text for you. Maybe ironic that your mayor got beat by a daughter oh, of Perincanto on Friday. Stop it. This is after you've been talking about wanting to send Cinerama to Perincanto for a few weeks. And Dane Hill, blood go together like Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny. Yeah, Cheers, Francis. Yeah. And Francis is obviously from my era because those two, they went together like milk and tea, like peanut butter on toast. Like wheat bicks and full cream. Yum. Like Izzy's Yeezy's in the Waimakariri River. <laughs> and his, <and> his white <laughs> socks. His white socks and his Adidas white shoes. Beautiful. I'm I'm surprised how like um how how much time you spent on Instagram, mate. You even saw my my little cats. You even you even brought up my cats. <laughs> Uncle Kippy, stop stalking me. Oh, cut it out. Cut it out. Okay, we'll cut it out. We're off to the we're off to the wide part of the track and catch up with Nashville Will after this. Think it over. The ride of the century so far. You'd probably have to say in this part of the world. In that sort of race, with those stakes, yeah, it was special. Let's catch up with Nash after this to find out what made him do that. 
17 minutes away from nine and we've got plenty more to come. So stay with us here until Smithy takes over at nine o'clock because, well, boys, the Queen Elizabeth Stakes was always going to deliver something special on Saturday. We spoke about it all last week. You can't get that many brilliant horses into one field and not see something special. Uh, I thought it was going to be fireworks. I don't know if anybody expected we were going to get fireworks like what we got, though, probably because Sydney had had over a metre of rain this year. And this is what transpired when that famous race, the gates flew on Saturday afternoon. Zaki still in front, Think It Over's coming to the stand rail. This is interesting. Zaki in front, Think It Over coming down the outside fence, and they're well clear from the Yeah, Louis, that's right. Nashville Willow absolutely stole the Queen Elizabeth Stakes with that tactical masterclass, taking Think It Over all the way to the stand side of the track and away from the running rail to find what was obviously the best ground. Queen Elizabeth winning jockey Nashville Willow has been good enough to join us this morning from Sydney. Good morning, mate. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thanks, Baz. Have you have you recovered? Have you have you had any sleep? Uh, <laughs> I've, had, I've had enough sleep, I suppose, but um, um, there's been a few fluffies over the last 48 hours, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nash, look, we were, we were all watching it, mad punters ourselves, and when you took off to the um, to the grandstand side, was that planned? Like, how how far into the day did you work out that that was the tactics? Um, no, look, I... Sort of <clears throat> more so um, just sort of going to the gates. I, I'd, I'd noticed they'd sort of for the Oaks and um, a few of those races, um, they'd uh, basically you know they'd, they'd drive the barriers up the outside, up and down the outside fence, and yep. um, you know obviously the, the tractors have got to go on on there and that for certain reasons. And, um, yeah, to just press the ground out there a little bit and uh, made it that fraction firmer and I just kept that in the back of my mind really I, looked, I had no intention of going there and think it over I thought it was too far to get out there and um, if anything what made my mind up is when Zaki um, uh, basically just sort of came out underneath me there as we straightened um, I felt it sort of took us out to the worst part of the track so um my bike not handling it, I had nothing to lose and just went for it. Were you surprised as how how well it worked, Nash? We uh, when you when you went down the edge, when did you kind of realise, okay, this is the better ground and think it over is, you know, taking to this? Um, look, as soon as I got there, yeah, you know, I, I thought, geez, I'm the, I'm mm. the you know, I, I, I could tell straight away. Um, I guess. You, you worry how much ground I was going to lose, and I definitely lost probably a length and a half trying to get there. And then, um, yeah, just the way you sort of started to pick up for me um, as soon as I got there, I knew I was, knew I was a chance. Well, I knew I was a chance of winning. Like, I, mm. The horse has never won on a heavy track, and he, he, although he's sort of gained more confidence, I, I actually think he's sort of, the more runs he's had in it, the more he's started to adapt to it, you know, and, and maybe that's half the reason, but. 
he definitely got a bit of confidence once he got got a bit of firmer ground out the outside fence, and um, yeah, I knew that mm. was a chance. Hey Nash, how many times like you've you've had a pretty uh, decorated career, mate? How many times in your life have you thought about this? And then did you ever expect that in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes the opportunity that might arise? Like it's pretty it's pretty heavy level hitting that you've actually pulled the trigger on one of the more radical riding moves. Well, look to be honest, I've I've done it before at Randwick, um, and that look probably not so much since I um, I've been back from Hong Kong. I haven't done it, but um, you used to sort of do it and and, and get away with it, but um, yeah, look, uh, things you, you know when you, when you when you do something like that in a race and, and it and it does come off. I mean, sure you get um, <laughs> some to some degree ripped in your backside when you make a decision it doesn't come off, but um, when it, when you when it does come off, it's just no biggest rule. It uh, really. It's really satisfying. And mm. now, look, think it over as a horse. I started riding last spring and just loved him, fell in love with him for the first time I trialled him. And, um, um, you know, to win that race yesterday just meant everything. Really good. Did, the, did mm. the race map out how you thought, Nash? Like, we, everyone was waiting for, you know, the mares to come down the outside, very elegant and duas and... No, they never they never seemed to come. You know, it was the ground that sticky? Because you know, everyone knew that Zaki was going to go to the front thing and think it over. Might be might be around sort of the the jump out too at the front. But did it go to plan? Like when you when you're jumping out and you were you thinking that there was some? You, did you hear any noise come behind you when you didn't hear it? You thought you were a chance. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like uh, even sort of Montefiore just started to get up inside me. Before the home turn, um, sort of 600 from home, and I was, I was quite a fair way off the fence, and um, basically ended up with three or four inside me. And um, I don't know. I, I like if, if, you, if you look at, look at my horse at that point of the race, he was really probably apart from Zark and Daniel was travelling. You know, like I, I'd mm. I'd been out of quick, and I rang Kerry Saturday morning and said, look. You know, I can jump out here and just be one-one. But what I don't want to do is have a crawling race down the back and then a sprint home. And as soon as I come off the bridle, trying to quicken, he's, he's going to lose his confidence. You know, I'd rather mm. go forward and even lead if I think they're going too slow. And then have him building up and cord and, and sort of have him on the bridle, but still, but still running. You know. Um, near his top by the time he's straightened, you know, rather than sort of trying to, you know, come under pressure trying to quicken when, he, when mm. he's not handling it, you know. So, look, my plan worked out really well. I, I just wanted, wanted to ride my horse and, um, yeah, he just, he just didn't let us down. It was so exciting. Nice, mate. Oh, we're right behind you, mate. What, what a ride. Ride of the century, as the lads will be talking about. You made that decision, and that's what you want. That's what you want from a jockey that uh, make those decisions. That happen so quick, and it paid off for you in the end, mate. So we'll let you go. Sounds like you've got a yeah. few trucks backing out of your, yeah. go your pay house. Go your fine. We'll let you get back into it. <laughs> go pay your fine and have a, have a good two-week holiday, eh? Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's another story. But anyway, you've <laughs> got the job done. <laughs> You got the job done, brother, hundred percent. Hey, it's only forty cents after what you won on the weekend. Congratulations, brother. Have a good uh, rest of the week, and uh, yeah, enjoy the next couple of weeks.
Thanks very much, Nash. Well Champion. I reckon. I reckon you could actually hear the Brinks trucks backing up. <laughs> they, they were the security trucks, mate, with the with the paper bags all coming in. He's back. He's trying to direct armor guard trucks into his driveway while he's on the doing an interview he, tour. He, would need he them. had a lot going on, eh? He was like pausing, going, "Yeah, yeah, put there, put there. <laughs> yeah, chuck my chuck my safe over there, full of my cash." Yeah, he's probably on Steve Price's construction site. I'm, Who just, would talk, know? I'm just talking to a couple of Kiwi boys at the moment, keeping everyone happy. Ah, oh, he's a legend. Hey, you know, you never. Ever when you back uh, Nash Cash for a willer, you never ever think you're not going to get your money's worth. Like he gives every horse every mm. chance, and I wasn't surprised to see it was him that pulled that off because he's got a bit of cowboy in him. As he said, he's done it before, but not since he's been back from Hong Kong. Legend. Great to catch up with Nash for willer. All right, Scotty Scheffler's putting here. He is four ahead of Cam Smith at the Masters. We let you know Harry goes. Oh, I would tell you runner. He hold it. So there you go. They are through nine now. Scotty Scheffler stays 11 under. He's two under for the front nine on day four at the Masters, the final round. What a great, great sight Augusta is on a Sunday. Smithy will keep you updated all throughout the morning. We'll catch up and sleep on it with Smithy after this. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.